chapter 24. My brother Danny, with whom I had gone to live in El Paso when I was 13 and he was 18, flew to the capital to drive back with me when my stint there was over. That way we could both have a short vacation together on the way back. On the way back to El Paso, after my summer in Mexico City came to a close. He gave me a heads up on the way that I needed to call our bishop even before I returned to El Paso to determine when exactly I was to start as editor of the register. The heads up was that the bishop was about to embark on, on a trip to Rome to make his ad limina visit to the Vatican, and that if I waited till I got to El Paso, I might miss him. I also found out the chances were that he would not return for another three weeks. The ad limina visit, by the way, is a trip which a bishop makes every, th every certain period of time, like every three or four years. And he does that in order to make a whole and complete report accounting for how things are going in his diocese or archdiocese. All matters spiritual and material about the diocese are reported in detail to Vatican offices for the Vatican to have a complete inventory on where each diocese stands in personnel, finances, spiritual matters, property, etc. As soon as we cross the border after a successful and enjoyable return to a port of entry, I put in a call to the bishop. Fortunately, he still had the same phone numbers that at his residence from when Danny and I used to be his chauffeurs when we were seminarians. By this time that I was calling him, I was now four years ordained, and Danny had been ordained seven years. He was glad that I called him, he said immediately. He was also glad that I was through with the Mexico assignment, and without even waiting to hear any of the details as to how it went, he quickly told me that he was glad, the reason he was glad that I was through was because he had decided to close down the register operation and for me to forget the editorship position. Before I was able to take my deepest sigh, my biggest sigh of tremendous relief at the news that I could forget that position of editorship, he's telling me that Father Stephan, the director of Catholic Charities for the diocese, wants to resign, and since he, ha since he has his hands full as pastor, of one of the newest and the largest parishes in El Paso. His next sentence was, I want you to take that position instead. I wasn't sure I was hearing correctly that he wanted me to become the director of Catholic Charities. While my face and my whole demeanor was aghast with these news, he goes on to tell me further that this assignment will require that I put in one year as understudy to the existing director. For that, I was to work at two operations of the Office of Catholic Charities. One was to become an apprentice at Catholic Counseling Service, at which Father Stephan was the director, and I would be too when I assumed his office. The other was that I was to reside at St. Margaret's Home for Displaced Children and to be their chaplain. I was to reside at a residence that is on the campus of that home, and I was assured that the nuns who run the home would provide meals three times a day, 
a place for me to stay, to say Mass daily, and they would provide house cleaning services, including laundry. I knew the residents well from when Father Stephen lived there before he was made pastor of St. Pius X Parish. It was a ranch-style home with living quarters at two ends, separated by a large living room, equipped with a kitchenette, a grand piano of all things, plus easy furniture all around. Each of the two apartments at each end consisted of its own smaller living room, a bedroom, a bath. Each had an entrance to the large room in the middle of the two, and also an exit to the outside. I was to occupy one apartment, while the other one was occupied by a retired priest who was up in age. He went on to say that Father Stephen and the Chancellor would fill me in on the rest of the plan, which would include me going, after my one-year apprenticeship, to obtain a master's in social work. He explained that he knew I didn't need that degree, but that as Director of Catholic Counseling Services, that office required the degree. He closed this amazing call of so many new doors opening by saying that he was glad I had called because he was about to depart to Rome for three weeks and that the nuns at St. Margaret's were already waiting for me to start chaplaincy and that the staff at Catholic Counseling Service knew that I would soon join them. He advised that I talk to Father Stephen and the Chancellor, Monsignor Quinn. I could hardly contain my pure alegria, pure joy, that I was not having to go to be a newspaper man. I had never been crazy at the title newspaper priest. As you have heard from me, I was ecstatic to leave the minor seminary faculty and its residence, but this news topped even that. I instinctively felt in my gut that I could adjust to charities director much better than to editorship. And both, I might add, would put me amongst the bishop's advisors. In my small pond, that was huge. I was thankful. I was humbled. To be truthful, even this newly proposed position scared me because internally I did not feel that I possessed whatever it is that administrators possess. I felt I kept this perceived vulnerability to my secret self. My safety zone was what I had prepared myself for during those 12 years of semi-monastic living and seminary life. And that was to be a parish priest, not an administrator. When I did voice concern to Father Stephen, the Chancellor, that perhaps I was not cut out to be an administrator, they assured me that in due time, after I had completed my preparation as an apprentice with a master's in social work behind me, that I would feel differently. They echoed what the bishop had said about me not needing the degree, but that my office needed the degree. In September of 1965, I embarked on the two on-the-job training processes, apprentice and chaplaincy. For the record, I had done many hours of counseling as a parish priest, as many parish priests did and still do. People naturally gravitate to their ministers of religion as counselors. The form of counseling we did was very didactic and instructional. At Catholic Counseling Service, like all social service agencies in the city and society at large, 
all or the majority of the of credentialed counselors were master's degreed social workers or they were licensed professional counselors. Those agencies had professionals trained in detail how the emotional structure of a human being plays a part in all